Alright, welcome to the fourth episode of the Observation Deck. Yes, we are back this week, and Thomas, you have a topic for us, don't you? Yes, as I, we were getting ready to record today, uh, I stumbled across this video that was aired for me as an ad. And it talks about the living wage. We're going to play it for you now, so we don't, uh, you know... So you guys have an idea of what we're talking about when we, when we reference this video a couple times and sort of deconstruct some of the things that it says. What is a living wage? The minimum wage in Ontario is $14.25 per hour. Depending on where you live, that may not be enough to get by. According to the Ontario Living Wage Network, a worker must earn a certain basic amount to cover expenses. That amount is what two adults working full-time would need to support themselves and two young children. It includes food, shelter, childcare, transportation, medical expenses, a modest vacation, and a small emergency fund. It does not include retirement savings, debt repayment, home ownership, or education savings. Living wage hourly rates were last updated in 2019 and vary by community. In Toronto, the rate is $22.08 per hour, while in Hamilton, it's $16.45. Advocates are calling on employers to pay a living wage, not just a minimum wage, so workers can support themselves and contribute to the local economy. The Agenda with Steve Pakin is brought to you by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Ontario. CPA Ontario is a regulator, an educator, a thought leader, and an advocate. We protect the public. We advance our profession. We guide our CPAs. We are CPA Ontario. And by viewers like you. Thank you. And we're back. <laughs> Alrighty, so you guys just listened to that. So, let's see. Thomas, you have a list of the things that the video said about what constitutes a living wage, right? Well, I... The reason I wrote that down is because the first thing we need to talk about is what is a living wage and why is it important? Yes. And I guess the first part of that is then to define who is a li who is a, who is the minimum wage for. Yes. Because the, as the video said, it's... For it's for two working adults, so each supporting one child. So two two adults, two children. What what was considered a living wage for both of them to be able to make to to um, yes. support themselves in a number of key with a number of key attributes. According to the video, it was for two adults and two children, for food, shelter, child care, <clears throat> transportation, medical expenses, modest vacation, and an emergency fund. Now the food shelter. Transportation, childcare, medical expenses, and emergency fund, I can wholeheartedly understand. Yeah. However, the <clears throat> modest vacation doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I. Because I mean, it, it, it makes adds sense more to... gray area. Yeah, for sure. To the well, number. Yeah, especially because you can say a small emergency fund is $1,000. But what is a modest vacation? Actually, I'd say a small emergency fund is one month of expenses, at least one month of expenses. Well, I was just using over the thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can you can have a concrete statement. But if you say <laughs> modest vacation, what defines a small? What's the difference between a small vacation, vacation and a large vacation? It depends on where you go. Depends on how far away it is, how long you're staying. And like, I mean, what with the advent now of the staycation? Like, what if I just want to stay home all day eating potato chips? It's my right as a person. It's my vacation time. Yeah. Well, I think honestly, the thing that need deserves more scrutiny than that is the the archetypal group of people living on a minimum wage that the video that's suggests. fair because i don't know about you thomas you thomas you work you've worked many minimum wage jobs before correct i've worked many jobs in general yes minimum wage and not yeah 
And I've worked two minimum wage jobs. I'm still currently working part-time at a grocery store, but I'm not making minimum wage anymore because I've been there long enough to get a couple raises. But what, I, what I'm going to say is that the minimum wage, I think, is should not be designed for that group of people. I can understand where you're coming from, at yeah. least. Because I feel like... Will there be people in that circumstance that are on that both have have both parents on the minimum wage? Yes, possibly. But I think that the minimum wage should be for someone like me who is working through college or through high school or having it be a job on the side to make a little bit of extra money, right? I see where you're coming from. Yeah, because as you get into as you get older, you should be looking to have a more skilled job, and at that point, minimum wage doesn't apply because people the majority of people make more than minimum wage mm-hmm. so well just some of my back of the envelope calculations mm-hmm. is working just 14 hours for 40 sorry 14 dollars for 40 hours gets you roughly 506 560 dollars yeah so i stumbled over every word and so if we take uh expenses being 150 for groceries are we talking about week, for that group of people or just for a single person just, in general, because, like it or not, there are a lot of things in groceries you have to buy every week, like bread and whatnot. Bread you might be able to go buy every other week, but you're going through... Yeah, just because you buy one loaf, you might get halfway through the week, the bread's bad, and you have exactly. to throw half the loaf out. Whereas, a fam- whereas two people would actually go through all the bread and need to buy more because they don't have any. Yeah. Exactly. So if we just say ballpark 150 for that, $50 for gas, even though I should probably make it more 80 because well, you should probably. Although there are lots of people who don't own cars. True. So I, I don't know. I go through my car being a reasonably, reasonably fuel efficient car. My I go car through being about, a gas guzzler. Your, your car being an SUV. Yeah. I go through forty bucks, forty bucks a tank, and I fill up maybe once every two weeks. Yep. But that's also because I don't commute very far. I commute like five to ten minutes from my house to my job. So. It depends on how much obviously I use my car. Yeah. I tend to be very lenient in the summer, whereas in the winter. I use it more often. I'm, so I can range anywhere between 75 a week to, like, 40. Uh, yeah, and I'd imagine that my number would fluctuate depending on if I if school mm-hmm. was actually in person and I was driving to school every day. So That would also count. that as well. So we'll use 50 as a benchmark. Yeah, yeah we'll use 50 as a, as a decent standard. Water expenses tend to be about $30 a person. But that's usually per month, right? Yes. So let's call it then, are we doing it by week? This is, by, this is all the stuff we're doing by week. So let's so. call it 8 bucks a week. It would be True. slightly lower, but I feel like that's fair for now. Well, we'll call it 10 to over-exaggerate our numbers. Yeah, just to just to really nail home the point. Heating tends to be 150 a month, which would be... 40-ish. A little less than 40, so 40. let's call it 40. And electrical... That varies. Wildly. I don't even know where to start with that. Uh, yeah, that's the issue. Well... All right, let's leave electricity in. How much do we? Yeah. How much have we spent so far of our five hundred and sixty bucks that we make before tax, of course? Mm-hmm. Of our five hundred, and that's not bucks. even counting communications or anything else. So just basic ballpark numbers. We're talking two hundred and fifty dollars in a week okay. spent. So then you know, with communications and internet and whatnot else, you're looking at an extra two hundred dollars plus. I'd say maybe closer to one hundred. Actually, depends. no, one fifty because cell phone bills are. In Canada, expensive. cell phone bills are expensive because yeah. why would uh, it reminds me of a number of years ago when the American companies wanted to come here and then the 
the Canadian cell phone companies have lobbied the government to not allow them because then mm-hmm. they'd actually have to lower their prices to compete. Yep. Uh, damn, I love our government sometimes. And I can't even say that it's the liberals because it was the conservatives at the time that said mm-hmm. no. So we're talking $500 a week after taxes Yeah, is in theory... A decent amount before you factor well, in something like rent. I was going to say, that's the problem, is you have to factor in rent. So, in Although, other words, two, I would say... In other words, two people... <clears throat> it's a lot easier to do it on a month-by-month basis. Yes. Right? Because you can, you can but say... But even still, $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. I remember pricing Well, that's what the government's giving expenses. people right now, right? Yeah. It's giving people that are out of work because of coronavirus no. $2,000 a month. I remember pricing out my expenses a while ago, and I came up with, for myself, mm-hmm. and this is assuming a household of about three other people joining me, for me to foot all the expenses mm-hmm. except for rent, um, it would cost me roughly $118. $118 of what? Sorry, not 100 Sorry, $1,018. Okay. Meaning it is... is that, that's per month? Per month. Again, that was me shirking, taking on everything from the electrical to the whatnot else. Where are you getting rent? Oh, this is before rent? This is all before rent. Okay. You're good? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Something on my desk is sliding. Okay, something <laughs> on your desk. Okay, anyways. So that so, was before rent. Yeah. So in other words, it is my personal belief that if you are by yourself... Rent excluded. You're more than well taken care of by a in theory. job. In theory. Granted, rent is kind of... Screwy. Ridiculous right now, but... Uh, well, everywhere it is, and it's because of... Because of the housing market. My next point is, well... <clears throat> yeah, but I, I, I need rent. I need to live somewhere. Well, move somewhere else. If you're at a minimum wage job, there's a reason you're there. It's because you have nowhere else to go. It's... it's Yeah. It, what, the, the thing to me... About minimum wage jobs, that mm-hmm. I've there's this constant, this this common argument, of people who are against minimum wage increases say, oh, flipping burgers is an easy job, mm-hmm. for example, and then someone who is pro minimum wage increase will respond with, flipping burgers isn't an easy job. You actually and list all the per- things that you have to do, which are mm-hmm. a bit, which are tedious and annoying and and difficult. Yes, but the problem is that they completely forget that skill. And level of ability mm-hmm. factor heavily into how much you get paid. Yep. If you do a job that nobody else can do, that that lots of people need, you or that no one wants to do, exactly. Like garbage collectors actually make a really good money mm-hmm. because nobody wants to do it. Same as miners, nobody wants to go to the mines, but it's a lot of money. Whereas, truckers even. Hmm? Truckers even. Yeah, truckers. Yeah. Whereas if you look at the the like flipping burgers, anyone can do that. Like anyone with whatever, no matter what background, can walk into a store and be like. And get hired and be shown how to make a hamburger at McDonald's. Exactly. Yep. So that is, that's mainly the reason why I think that minimum wage, the minimum wage shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't base the minimum wage on people who are fully, like, settled adults with a family. Mm -hmm. Because I, fundamentally, minimum wage jobs are not designed for people like that. I suppose, yes, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Um... That being said, I am sympathetic to at least at least I think it should be higher than seven twenty five in America. I think where we have it about right now it's fourteen twenty five in in Ontario mm-hmm. at least. I think rounding up to like ten dollars U S 
for the American minimum wage makes mm-hmm. sense. But the problem with America and the problem with Canada in general as well is that different places value have money values at very different mm-hmm. levels, right? Like, if you go buy a house in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, it's pretty cheap and you don't need as much money to live off of. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go look to buy a, to get a house in LA or Toronto or Toronto, it's like, good luck. Like, Hope you have a million dollars. I was going to say, didn't the average house price in Toronto go above a million dollars? It was, it's been above a million dollars for years, man. City center Toronto, you are looking at 150. Oh no, I'm thinking, sorry, I'm 1, million the, 500. I'm talking about the GTA. Oh the, yeah. We, we just went above a million dollars yeah. in the GTA a couple, yep. a couple weeks ago for the first time. And the problem is, is that, uh, how do I even explain this? It's sort of the whole New York, what happened with New York. It used to be at the very tip of New York, you had your poor people, and then it slowly moved out, getting cheaper richer, and cheaper. Richer. Cheaper oh, and cheaper. You said starting with poor people. No, no, sorry. Starting with starting, rich people okay, then, yeah. at the tip. And that's what happened to Soho. Soho was a very low-income area mm-hmm. where a lot of the artists and a lot of the whatnot else could you know, show up and start making their money. But rich people like fancy things like art and whatnot else. So they started moving into the area, driving out the prices, driving out the artists. Yes, because, of course, as rich people move in, they're willing to pay more and mm-hmm. more and more. So, And that's sort of what we're seeing now is cities are sort of reaching this weird middle ground of they're becoming too expensive where a lot of people who are sort of in the middle class or, you know, just yeah, don't well, want to spend a lot of money on a house mm-hmm. are beginning to move away, which is causing other areas... Well, like that's where we are. Yeah, if you look at up if you look at what happened with Toronto, like my to use a personal example, my parents used to live. My dad grew up in Scarborough. My mom sort of moved all over the place, but mm-hmm. they bought our first their first house. They bought in Mississauga, and we had the house where I where we were living when I was born was in Oakville, and they bought it for I think one hundred eighty one thousand dollars new. Like that's like to build that it was mm-hmm, part of a mm-hmm. townhouse, but still like brand new, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. The same house now lists for like a seven hundred thousand dollars. My this yeah, house it's, here, it's, it's a in starter townhouse that is tiny. Yep. Them, you this year, in in seven years, the house we are currently standing in right now mm-hmm. has gone from three hundred and fifty thousand to anywhere between seven hundred to eight hundred, depending on how you're appraising it. Yep. Well, that's my house too. My my, my parents bought my house for like two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and now we we probably get five and a half at least. Mm-hmm. Especially if we do the whole market strategy of oh, let's hold bids until one night. Yeah. God, what? A, I. It's a smart strategy. But it's absolutely that's predatory though. Yeah. Like. Well, yeah. When you when you when you intentionally undervalue house, the house and then list on your thing, oh, sold for a hundred thousand dollars over asking, it's because you designed it to do that. Mm-hmm. That's really stupid. I think the housing market needs a good regulation run. Really, what would you do to the housing market? I'm not entirely sure. I'm just saying it's it's in a very interesting position it right is. now with a lot of predatory practices that. The problem is if you look at if you analyze any of the particular practices in in a vacuum, mm-hmm. they don't seem particularly like holding offers until one day doesn't seem that bad, but it's when you consider the fact that they're also simultaneously undervaluing the house, mm-hmm. so that people are like, oh wow, this house is a steal, but oh man, I better make sure I get it, so I'm going to bid higher mm-hmm. than what the house is listed for, which is realistically even more than what it's worth because you're not listing it properly. Or like a lot of the betting sites that bought up a lot of thirty nineties. And are now selling them for like three thousand, four thousand, oh, yeah. five thousand yeah, dollars because think, I don't think scalping 
is a huge problem in the housing market. No, it's not, but it's the same issue. Oh, it's like artificially increasing demand. Yes. Or artificially... In, inf- inflating the it's price. It's like, um, like when, nego- when negotiations happen, right? Like, let's say you and I are negotiating with someone mm-hmm. about, like, the price to buy something. If you and I are in league, and we say, look, here's the deal. We'll both tell him that we'll only give him $50 for it. Mm-hmm. Then he'll have to choose one of us to get it for a really cheap price. Except it's the reverse. It's mm-hmm. the two people that are selling including saying, oh, let's not sell it below this point. Because the second us, any scalper goes below, mm-hmm. goes from like the $2,000 to the 1900 then someone else is going to be like, oh, I got to go to 1900 now too. Because the other guy is going to just sell out. Yep. So, but it's the same deal with the housing market. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the government can do. Because I don't think, I don't think you should ban the practice of... One day bidding? Of the one day bidding. Hmm. I don't know. That might just be me being a naive freedom seeking person in general though. True, but I I just I just don't really see what what the government can do about that. Because I do think True. that is the the problem with minimum wages is definitely housing. It because yeah. it's so much of your bill. Well the thing is you need to we need to make more towns, really. Yeah, we need to I the question, I think, is how do you stop the expansion? In Toronto's case, it's more westward than eastward, but the expansion yeah, well, westward is... You can't exactly go no. too far east. You run to the river. You know the what lake. I mean. Sorry. Of the housing market. Like, people mm-hmm. people that lived in Toronto, when it's now too expensive to buy a new house, will buy a new house in, like, Mississauga. And mm-hmm. then that's too expensive, so they move to Milton. That's too expensive, they move to Waterloo. That's too expensive, they move to Air, and so on. Mm-hmm. And you can see that it just keeps expanding, even on, like... Mm-hmm. Even on... Uh, down going towards Stratford from here. Like I was driving, mm-hmm. I was test driving a car yesterday with one of our friends and we were going past and I was like, they're building houses all the way out here. Yeah. Cause I looked and I'm like, I don't even have cell service. This is, this, ur- this is urban sprawl. Yep. Yeah, but it's just going to keep, I realized I'm like, it's just going to keep expanding. You remember, you know, the elementary school I went to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like where there's yes, all the new yes, houses yes, now? Yes. Down past the football field used to just be empty used to be I a know. field and like there was a little bit of a of a, of a lake that I was know. created by like rainwater i think but it was crazy like they yep. would, it just developed so fast urban and, sprawl yeah and i i don't i honestly don't think there's anything the government can do i think well because if you look what's happening to new york new york's sort of having a snap back to reality moment because of coronavirus, with all the small businesses not being able to leave and landlords being predatory and not letting them mm-hmm. take, like, not letting them, not waiving their rent mm-hmm. because they're not able to make money because the government's enforcing a lock, enforced a lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So many of these places moved out of New York. Yep. And there's a whole crap load more Starbucks and Citibanks. Right. And now you're seeing, like, rent, um, retail space prices actually not return to normal. But return to something that is normal for New York. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not over-bloated anymore. It's just regular bloated. But still, like, it's... I think the housing market needs something like that to happen. Where eventually... The problem is people, everyone needs a house, but I think people just need to be like, look, we're not going to buy here for this mm-hmm. much. Well, as I was saying at the beginning, it's, well, if you don't like rent, if you don't like the rent price where you are, move away. The reason you're working a minimum wage job is because it's base ground labor. You can do it anywhere exactly so move to a town that has yeah better... move... yeah i know i was talking to a friend and she was doing saying the same thing of like 
oh, it's too expensive. I'm like, so why don't you just, not a friend, maybe more of an acquaintance. Like, I sort of knew her. Not knew her, okay, so. You, you, you wouldn't know her. All right. And I was like, so why don't you just move somewhere else? And she's like, oh, I can't. My family's here. I'm like, yes, you can. You can leave like, your family behind. Your family has cars. They can come visit you. You can go visit them. Doesn't yeah. take, take a train. Take a plane. Ugh. Take a boat on a moat. <laughs> take a boat. Speaking of. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Don't start it. We've already talked about two Yes, yes, today. yes, yes. So, right. back to the living wage. So, I told her move. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't tell her move. I suggested you might want to consider moving. Yeah. And that's what I think is the logical... The logical... Consequence. The logical consequence. The logical next step is like... Everyone knows that minimum wage jobs are something everyone can do. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be everywhere by the nature of them being so common. Mm-hmm. So, why not move? It's like the, the, the issue that I've run into right now is that I'm not making minimum wage anymore. So, I don't yep. want to leave the job that I don't enjoy. Or like, uh, in my case... Uh, Take a look at what is hiring where you are and what you're going for. Well, Guelph. Go work at a factory. As I was going to yeah. say, Guelph, a lot of people in, a lot of the factories in Guelph outsource their labor because no one in Guelph wants to do manual labor. But I could make $17 an hour in Guelph. Well, my brother got hired at a, at a factory there and he's making, yeah. he's making like sixteen sixty. Yeah. That's because he's in the ground. When he's no, there he's for like a month or he's three. He's at like a meatpacking plant, I think. Yeah, when he's so. there for like a month or... Is he at Conestoga Meats? No. Okay, good. Anyway. Anywho. So... Yeah, don't... Yeah, don't, but... Don't ever go to Conestoga Meats. Don't go to... I'm gonna have to cut this out, but... No, it's okay. We'll leave it in. This is our tip of the week. Don't go to Conestoga Meats, apparently. If you ever see anyone, if you're ever looking at a piece and it's like packaged at or meat processed by, put it back. They don't treat their workers right. They don't treat anyone right. They don't treat the hogs right. I see. And that is coming from someone who is well aware of the industry practices and honestly couldn't give a crap. That is. We're going to piss off the vegans. uh, I'm signing the vegans on that specific factory. Well, there are humane ways to do things and inhumane ways to do things. And there are ways to treat your workers and there are ways to not treat your workers. And yep. I can agree with that boy. statement as well. Nevertheless. Yep. Nevertheless. Where were we? Right. Um, Minimum wage and whatnot else. Yes. So I think... And it's also not... It's not... I mean, I'm speaking from experience. I don't know. I'm sure there are plenty of people that are having difficulty finding a non-minimum wage job. Mm-hmm. But given the fact that in my Especially experience... Especially right now with COVID. Yeah. In my experience, in normal times even, factories mm. are always hiring. Yes, yes, they are. Give them a resume. You don't... Factories are also not really particularly high skill. They are It's just that the labor's more intensive, so they pay you more. Uh, To quote, um, where I used to work, at one of the many factories I've worked, Mm -hmm. there were three lines that were basically the heart of the very company. Yep. For, we'll call them one, two, and three, just for brevity's sake. Wow, very original. Oh, yeah. Line one was the fastest, line two came second, line three was the slowest, but it had the most walking. And, oh, so you had to walk with the things as they were oh, being yeah. made. And all three of them, people on line one made fun of line two, and people on line two, uh, two yeah. tried to make fun of people on line three, but we people on line three said, okay, switch with us. <laughs> go right ahead. Yeah. Because you might, because you just have to stand there and go, 
One, two, three, four, and you can't see it, but very basically, they just had to take just something very from a bow. motions. A very, basically, from their sh- uh, waist to their shoulder. Whereas, I had to take something from below my waist, and then... Walk five feet. Run five feet, even though we weren't allowed to run, to shuck it into a thing, to go back and get another one, because 150 parts came out in the next five se- in the next half a minute, and you had to take each and every one of them five feet. Good luck doing that yeah. with two people. Well, uh, well, yeah. One other thing. One of the one of the points that advocates of minimum wage increases don't, I think, mm-hmm. quite comprehend is that there are so many jobs that are not minimum wage. Yes. It's like um, you saw on the news that Texas got rid of its mask mandate, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the type of people that seem it. There are two types of things that the government can do. You're either allowed to do this or forbidden from doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's either you have to do this or you're forbidden. Like, with yep. with the minimum wage, it's either you have to pay minimum wage or you're forbidden from paying higher. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's not how it is. The same with the governor of Texas removing the mask mandate. It's not that you now are no longer allowed to wear a mask. It's that yeah. the government just isn't going to tell you you have to. They still recommend doing it. They still recommend distancing and all that. But mm-hmm. just like I'm sure the government would recommend paying your workers more than minimum wage, they're just not going to tell you how much to pay them because mm-hmm. every worker is independent. Yep. And also, if you raise the minimum wage, what do you tell the person who worked to get a raise for like three years and mm-hmm. is now making minimum wage again? Right? It's, yeah. Or what about uh, a lot of the people that, uh, what do you call it? Or what about the people who maybe have, who've maybe gone for like to a trade uh, school and whatnot else, who were making, like say it got raised to $20 for well, look at, even look at the past one. It went to like mm-hmm. from like eleven seventy, eleven twenty five to yeah, yeah. fourteen. But what about as I say, like what happens if it goes from like, uh, we'll we'll say it goes to seventeen. That is a little underpriced, but that's about what you're looking for mm-hmm. for uh, if you're a if new you're like like electrician level, or a if you're an entry level electrician, yeah, or well, really just any skill trade. Well, yeah, exactly. What do you tell that person so, that spent money in their time learning a skill so they could do skilled labor that now is like, oh, well, now I'm no better off than if I hadn't done this. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just screwing people over. Yeah. And you're screwing over, I think, this is going to sound harsh, but I think if you have the option of screwing over people who are sitting on their butts and doing nothing to improve versus people who are actively like going out of mm-hmm. their way to improve, I think you should avoid screwing over the person who's trying because then it yeah. will make them not want to try. Well, and I know that sounds harsh to the to the viewers, but I think that, quite honestly, you need to reward people for trying to make something of themselves. And those who are yep. not trying should not be getting rewards from the government. My motto has always been, never say no to overtime. When you are in a factory, overtime goes by seniority, typically. Yeah. So, it might take well, you quite a few months. some places mandatory overtime, too. Some places do, but those places suck. Um, <laughs> I'll tell my brother that, because he's at a place that has one hour mandatory overtime a week. Yep. But anyway, the point is, um, in a lot of those cases um you know you never say no to overtime and it's because of that in a lot of places i've worked i've become a very indispensable member and it hurts them to let me go and i know that because they tell me that yeah well that's why that's why i i think if i went to them if i went to my boss and said look give me a dollar an hour raise or i'm leaving i think she would probably have to give me the raise i doubt that no you don't understand how bad our department is possibly because i am very I am one of a very select few people that know how to actually do orders and know how to actually take inventory in the mornings. I'm granted you can train other people, but I'm also the person with the by far the most product knowledge of anyone, yeah. by far the most experience of anyone. So it's like the same boat. It's mm-hmm. like 
if I left, you'd be screwed kind of thing. Well, yeah, and it's because, like, for the longest time, whenever something went wrong on, well, again, we'll call it line three, mm-hmm. I was the guy they called. Even though I had the least seniority. I had to fight really hard to not quote that song right there when you said for the longest time. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Little known fact, everyone. Thomas knows how to sing. Little known fact. I will string Noah up by his entrails and make him into a marionette. I'm not making I'm just telling the audience. All right, then. Nevertheless. <clears throat> so. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Thomas. Nevertheless, when you said when... When something went wrong on line three, you were the person they called. Well, not necessarily wrong, but when they needed extra labor, because they knew I wouldn't say no, and they didn't have to go through a directory. Yep. Well, that's what happened with me as well. Every mm-hmm. time there was a sick call at work for the first, like, two years before before I, like, got busy with school mm-hmm. and I had to start saying, look, no, I can't, or before I had my call placement, I had to say, look, I'm already at another job. I can't come in. They, I, they This is the same thing. It's like any time they got a sick call, mm-hmm. I'd be the first one they'd, they'd phone. They'd be like, hey, can you yep. come in and, like... Almost every single time, I'd say yes. No, and those and those are the type of people I have met. People who have, when working a minimum wage job, have worked sixty-hour work weeks, not just because of overtime, but because they're working multiple jobs. Yep. And those people, I feel for, because they are the best people at the bottom of the rung. Yep. You but see, I think at that point, then you should target aid to those mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. if they are. Granted, I think if you're wor- even if you're working sixty, if you're working sixty hours a week at minimum wage, that's effectively working forty hours a week at like twenty yeah. bucks an hour. Yeah. So if you're somehow mismanaging that much money, I feel like the government doesn't really. There's nothing the government can do at that point. To be fair, though, uh, that this guy was a workaholic, and uh, I, I would, I would give, if there was one man on this earth for whom I would give <laughs> a vacation, I would give an all expenses free vacation to is that man because. My God, he deserved it. Yep. And I mean, sure, maybe there are, maybe the person working that 60-hour job, hour a week job, or more specifically two jobs, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the person working that is someone who's like a single mother or a single father mm-hmm. who has to take care of two or three kids. But then aren't there and grants you can to... take for that? In Ontario, yeah, or in Canada, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's also such also... thing as Ontario housing, which is specifically targeted for people like yes, that. Yes, I agree. Though, granted, I would say also I feel like, I don't know, I think at that point it's acceptable to say the government should step in and help. Mm-hmm. Well, not not step in, but uh, provide assistance. Yes. I'm, in case you guys haven't figured it out, based on my previous opinions, I'm very against the government helping out people. Because What I is it you used to say that Ronald Reagan said? I'm from uh, the worst things that someone can hear is, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Yes. That's the, the eight worst words to hear. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. <laughs> Because the problem with the government is that whenever they help, they always make it worse. In general. Uh, what is something you think the government's helped with that's made it that it has made it better? Uh, the after the Triangle Fire. The what? <clears throat> the Triangle Fire. Uh, I was actually just re- uh, recently oh, relearning right. about this. Yes, you told me about this. Where it was the building that caught fire. Yes, and several women jumped several... to their deaths because they had really no choice. Because it was either that or burn alive. Yeah, because the fire escapes weren't up to code, and properly. also because uh, the fire escapes weren't built correctly, and also because management locked some of the safety doors to force them through the uh, uh, front door so they could check for their bags for stolen merchandise. But while the building is on fire, no, oh, under normal circumstances, yes, see. they would lock escape routes. Because they were greedy. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because they were greedy, and yeah. because they could get away with Although, it. I do understand the concept of give an inch, take a mile with that. Mm-hmm. Because 
All it takes is one person saying to their coworkers, hey, look, I was able to steal this really expensive jewelry piece by doing this. But they were working in a garment factory. I was able to steal this relatively inexpensive garment. <laughs> I guess that kind of... <laughs> but you, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I understand that where you... As the... Having been in charge of things before mm-hmm. and having also been made in having someone be in be in charge of me before i understand mm-hmm. where like like um for example you're not allowed to ask somebody if, to provide proof that they're sick if they take they have to take more than three sick days mm-hmm, mm-hmm. off in a row for them to prove that they're yeah. sick yes but like i feel like you know what you should be able to after the second time if it's like oh friday evening mm-hmm. it's my friday shift this week and then my friday shift the next week at that point, I could be like, what's going on, what's man? What's going on? Are you okay? You know? Yeah. And I typically am not one to side with the, you have nothing to hide if you have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to fear if you have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in the case of where you need to make sure someone is not gaming a system like that. Yeah. And it's not the government that's doing that, that has agendas that change. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of understandable for a company to say, are you actually like sick or are you gaming the system? Because I used to know, and I'm sure you know lots of people too, that take sick days because they feel like it. Mm-hmm. The only time I've ever taken a sick day when I'm not sick is when I had an assignment that was due that I was really struggling with, and I didn't realize how struggling I was with it until, like, the day before. Under normal circumstances, I don't think I've ever taken a sick day. Yeah. The only Aside th- from when I was yeah. in school. The only time... Yeah, well, yeah, well, who cares about school, right? The only, yeah, the only other times I've taken sick days are when I've been genuinely sick. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, you know, there's the what constitutes as sick, because, like... You know. What? You got the sniffles. You might be able to show up, but, like, I mean... Well, yeah, not now, though. Uh, no. But, I mean, I'm talking in a vacuum situation. Yeah. Like, if you... No like rampant if you work in office, If you work an office job pandemic. where you have your own office and you're sitting on your mm-hmm. own, if you have a mild cold and you're able to function, you can still realistically mm-hmm. come into work. Although, granted, as a manager, I wouldn't question it if someone said... Mm-hmm. If they called me sneezing their head off and was like, I'm sick, I can't come in, I'd be like, okay, yep. just do what you can from home. Well, for me, for the longest time, again, in uh, the situation at uh, my many factories, is, uh, we'll say liquidation. That is one of the most debilitating things for a factory, because, well, for anyone, really, but also for a factory, because it's, hey, every five minutes, I'm going to have to be on the toilet for about ten minutes. Hope ah, I can get work done. Like food poisoning type yes. deal. Yeah. Dysentery, food poisoning, diarrhea. That's unfortunate, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the only times I've ever called in sick is when, A, I've had a headache so bad I can't I can't think. I normally don't get headaches like that. I, I used to get them a lot more than I do now. I think it was just because, like, I drink more water now, you know? And I definitely noticed that when I started drinking water. I'm like, wow, I feel better. Generally you speaking. You don't say. I know, who would have thought? Although... Is, aren't the majority of people, like, technically, like, dehydrated? Well, not dehydrated. Depends on who you but, ask. You know, like, they're not hydrated See, well enough. It's also a good... That's also a good question, because... There are a lot of companies right now that are pushing you to get overhydrated. In fact, during the Boston Marathon one year, uh, there was a study done where they noticed participants would gain water weight because of how much they were drinking. Which is not good. See, really, just drink when you're thirsty, and try to drink water. I mean, yeah, I drink when I'm thirsty, and I just drink, I, yeah, I, I drink, maybe, I have a cup that's about a liter, mm-hmm. I would say, if I had to guess, and I usually drink one of those at night, 
when I'm, like, playing video games with my friends. Mm -hmm. And I usually, like, between all the other drinks I have throughout the day, I usually get, like, the two liters of water that's made. That's that's recommended. Recommended is the word I was looking for. Thank you. I don't... The two liters of water is kind of just pulled out of their ass. Well, exactly, because, like, what are you going to say to someone who's, like, 300 pounds and is 6 foot 4? Yeah. Versus someone who's, like, 90 pounds and is, like, 5 feet. Yeah. Uh, when I... You know, I used to take freaking those you massive... You those massive water bottles every time you'd go out on a bike ride. Or just like... even in sitting in school, just... Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, freaking... go blow through it. Yeah, how crazy was it that there were, like, the good water fountains... At school? At school. You know, like, top of corridor one. Yeah, yeah. Bottom of corridor seven. Seven was the tech hall? Yes. Yep. The one just outside the one that always had that little dribble? Yeah, there's the really stupid one, and then there was one, like, a little bit further down. down. Yeah, I remember that one. That kind of just... And there, there was one, I think, in the bottom of corridor three that was pretty good as well. There were also the ones that were, like, the stainless steel in the wall that were, like, an average... They, they were, they were eh. They were at, but they also had water bottle fillers, so it was much, yeah. much better if you had a water much bottle. Much convenient. Yeah, much better. Uh, well, speaking of water, actually. Oh. Um. To loop this back to the con topic of like minimum wage and rent mm-hmm. stuff, lots of not I'm not sure how how, how much is lots, but mm-hmm. for my dad's, for example, my dad lives. My dad is in now a two apartment? bedroom plus den apartment mm-hmm. in uh, Kitchener Waterloo, just to give people and a concept and these. It's about it's about two two ish thousand dollars a month, but that covers water as well. But water's only thirty dollars a person, give or take. Well, give or take. Yeah, give or take. Depends on how long of a shower you have, really. But I still don't get how people can take anything more than a fifteen minute shower. Sometimes you're just really tired. That's the only excuse I have. Is sometimes I wake up and I get in the shower and I'm so tired I lose track of time. You know what? I can understand there, like, that. Just standing, just thinking about absolutely nothing after I after I clean myself, and I'm just like, and I get out of the shower, and it's like 20 minutes have passed, and I'm like, oh damn. That that's rare though. I think I can understand that. I suppose. Yeah. But like, okay, my brother and sister mm-hmm. will use all the hot water in their hot water tank. Yeah. Oh, right. I and remember. will take I... like an hour shower. It's like, what do you need? To, what are you doing up there? I remember when my house used to have the hot have a hot water tank. We had the exact same problem because me, and my brother, and my sister all used to have showers at night. It got to the point where one of us would usually wait an hour after the others because we use. It's also dependent on how hot you have mm-hmm. the shower. Like, but yeah, sometimes I would, as a kid, I would take like half an hour showers. Christ. I remember. My my sister still to this day does, still takes half to half an hour showers. And I don't understand that. Because even me, like, when I get up in the morning and I'm like half Mm -hmm. asleep, I don't take half an hour showers. I take like 10 minute showers at most, usually. I can understand up to like 15 minutes if, you know, you're just like sitting in hot water. Well, now it's fixed with, um... The, the problem is fixed mm-hmm. because we have an on-demand hot water heater ah. that's like part of the pipes yep, kind yep. of thing. Yep. Which if, if if you have the means to get one installed, highly, highly recommend. Unlimited hot water supply is really nice. I like ours. Ours is pretty good. You want one of those too? Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite like that, but it's it, it does the job. Yeah. But what a life changer. It reminds me of like, what what is it? You know, you know how in some places you can have a shower running and you flush the toilet and the water gets like super hot? Yep. It's I remember because it's it's because it used to be just connected because it's a the, shared valve, right? Yep. Because uh, the 
very basically what you have is you have the hot and the cold water mm-hmm. going into the shower head. Yeah. But then all of a sudden there's a huge draw in your cold water. So all your cold water goes away. So all you're left with is the hot water. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one of the first renovations we had in the house was... Uh, <laughs> to get rid of that. To get rid of that. We, um, oh man, that was, I remember one time I accidentally flushed the toilet, I could just hear my dad upstairs shouting. He's like, ha, ah, god damn it, who flushed the toilet? Uh, uh, that was, that was funny. Speaking of yelling. Uh-huh. Ah, yelling, yes, the topic of yelling. Go ahead. Yes. No, I just, I had a friend recently who was in my house and they went to my bathroom mm-hmm. where I have the brown Listerine. Oh dear. Now, it was, so she came out and she was yelling at me, why do you have the brown Listerine? Your it's nostalgic, apparently. Jesus. Why do you have the brown Listerine? Because it's the nostalgic. Why well, do declare? That's the South. Sorry, from Missouri. Sure, why not? <laughs> anyway, the point is, she was like, this, this stuff is so disgusting, why do you use it? Because it's what my grandfather used to use. And I now use it. And it's nostalgic. Ah, uh, that's how you shut someone up. Just invoke the invoke the invoke the family card. That usually shuts people up. For better or worse. Well, well back on the topic of jobs and stupid things. Someone gave me this piece of advice at university. Like one of my friends at university oh. gave me a piece of advice. He said, Every time you start a job, you have two grandmothers and two grandfathers. Because if you ever need a couple days off. Like my, my grandmother is sick. Yeah, my, my grandfather passed away a few years ago. God rest him. Um, God, I don't know. I, I I don't know what the proper thing to say when you bring up some your dead relative and you want to be respectful to them. Is it? I just bring them up. Okay, well, my grandfather passed away a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like three, three years ago, I think. Yeah. No? Yeah, three years ago. It's 2021 now. All right. Um, and luckily, like, in my classes... I, I sent an email to my communications instructor mm-hmm. saying, uh, I know this is really last minute, but we're going, me and my family are heading up to, heading up four hours to, to like, to mm-hmm. Kingston to see my grandfather. He's really not doing too well. And my, my instructor, she was very nice and she's like, I'll take all the time you need. Yep. And luckily I hadn't, I wasn't working that day, so it was perfectly okay. And if it was, if I was, I would have just told them I'm not coming in. Yeah. But it's. Family crisis can't yeah, come in. Exactly. But the piece of advice he gave was because no matter what, they're not going to question you. Mm-hmm. Although the crazy thing is, the University of Waterloo, their policy for missing a day due to a deceased family member is that you yep. have to provide a death certificate. Which when my instructor told me that, I, I went to talk to my instructor the first class that I was back. Yep. And I was like, okay, so what did I miss? And she's like, oh, here's... Here's some of the lectures. I posted the lecture notes if you have any questions. By the way, you need a death certificate. Yeah. And she was like, and I was like, oh, is there anything else that I need to do? And she's like, well, technically the university policy is that you have to show a death certificate, but she's, and she was like, but I'm not going to make you do that. Cause I think that's a like a cruel policy. And oh like, yeah. And I'm like, I wouldn't have minded like as much as I, my grandfather and I weren't like particularly close. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still my grandfather. Of course yeah. I still cared about him, but. Yeah, so either I wouldn't have had like a big emotional problem of like yeah, having yeah. to go get a death certificate copy and send it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, could you imagine if I had said my mom passed away? Yep. And then the the university was like, okay, death certificate, please. Yep. Immediately after, I would have been really mad. Oh yeah. But yeah, piece of advice to listeners: remember, whenever you start a new job, 
I got two, two grandparents. grandparents. You have two grandfathers and two grandmothers. But what if I'm 30? You still, you still have, have them. them. <laughs> you, you, your mom was really, was born very early in your grandmother's life. There you go. Well, as anyway. you get older, you don't need it because as you get older, typically you're a lot, you have more direct communication with your boss and you can yeah, say, yeah, look, yeah. I need a day. Or you get better at coming up with excuses. For the more creatively yeah. tuned. Or you could always just say it's a personal family matter. I suppose. Because what are they going to do? Ask you about it? You just tell them it's personal. <sighs> See, there, there are definitely perks of having a minimum wage job. Notably being that nobody actually gives a shit. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, nobody gives a shit unless, for whatever reason, you have a manager that cares. Which is always like, why do you care so much? Well, especially in a job like at my like a grocery store job, right? I'm not making commission. My manager isn't making commission. My my store manager isn't making commission. Why do you guys care how much mm-hmm. how much we make or how much we're wasting? Like that's what I don't. Know. I I know in that essence you're getting paid to care. Yeah. But like me personally, like I don't. I don't. As a, I'm very. I'm. I'm. One of my biggest skills is customer service. Like I'm. I've got a very good customer service voice. Mm-hmm. I'm very friendly. You know, very talkative. As you can probably tell by the fact that we're making a podcast, for God's sakes. Um, but quite honestly, I don't care how much we sell in a day. Like, why should I care if we're low on something? Or, like, if I'm manufacturing cheese at the cheese side. Like, why would I care if we're out of something? It's not like I'm making commission on it. One of my uh, managers. Mm-hmm. Love her to death. Her name's Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, if you're somehow hearing this for whatever reason... Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, God, Thomas sounds like you got a crush or something. She is married with, I think, two kids. No, oh, thank you. Well, never mind. I, I, I rescind my previous statement. To quote Justin Trudeau after he swore in Parliament, I, res- I, I apologize. Unres- I unreservedly apologize. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that clip? No, I have not. Oh, my God. Someone made a statement in Parliament. I don't remember, I don't remember what he actually said because it's a bunch of liberals that are... You know how par- how Crush Period goes. It's like one side makes a statement, the other side heckles the mother doing it, mm-hmm. and then it flips, and the other side mm-hmm. is not making a statement. The other and the first side is heckling. So yep. the, I'm assuming probably the conservatives were heckling, and then Justin Trudeau shouts out some swear word. It's bleeped out, and everyone starts losing their minds. <laughs> and then the speaker's like, "Oh, order, order!" The honorable member from Papineau, or I, th- I think that's where he was from at the time, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I apologize unreservedly," and the liberals clapped for him. Which was the dumbest thing I've ever. Uh, so it was it was humorous. I will say that. Anyway, <laughs> your manager. So like, she is one of the best people because she gets like you know macro and micro stuff because she'll do all the stuff about how you know counting and whatnot else. Mm-hmm. But you know it, she's like, she'll leave you to your own devices. Yeah, and it's say when you run out of chicken, for instance, which has happened on a couple of occasions because oh, just go to a college. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I mean the university is more so what I mean. College people are, college people tend to be smarter because they're not wasting their money on a gender studies degree. I don't know. I don't know about that. They're both pretty stupid. And... I don't know. Yeah, but college kids at least have the right idea about lots of things. All right, I'll give Whereas you that. university kids are just really... Lofty. Idealistic is the, is the polite term I would use. Head in the clouds. Yes. Anyways. So... Yeah, my manager at... My de- in my department, before she got promoted, she was the exact same way. Like, mm-hmm. And having been someone who's in charge of people, you need to understand the difference between breathing down somebody's neck and making mm-hmm. sure that things get done to accomplish the overall goal. Yep. And With her, the- as uh, she mm-hmm. says uh, once, 
<clears throat> I recall her saying, Hey guys, uh, do not leave the sink like this again. If I catch it, not only will you be written up, but it will be your second warning, since this is your verbal. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to put it across. She's not blaming anyone in particular. She's just letting you know that this the sink... problem. Because, and it is. Yeah. It leaves the sink like that. Pests get in. Food rots and goes rancid. Oh, yeah. A lot of bad stuff can happen. Yeah. Oh, back... Oh, now that I think about it, um, my... This other store I worked at, an ice mm-hmm. cream store... For the sake of not being sued for slander, I'm not going to name the one, but you know the one I'm talking about. It's not slander if it's true. Yes, but I can't prove it. And I, the, the burden of proof is on me because I'm the one who'd be saying it. Fair enough. Although I'm sure I could contact a few of my former employees and say that they could... Let's say this ice cream store promptly almost failed the health inspection. Oh, so they were we... like uh, <clears throat> a country club I used to work for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Notice how we're talking about the shitty ones and being no- intentionally... Very nondescript. But there was a there was a, th- a bunch of, like, moldy stuff somewhere that we had no idea it was because there were containers. It was, like, a containers that were more for show, so we didn't realize they actually opened. And someone at some point left I stuff remember in there. this story. Yep. yep. And, uh... Yeah. Gross. Yep. Oh, so there gross. Was awful. Did I ever tell you the time I cut myself and got mold poisoning? What? What did you cut yourself on? A glass broke in the dish pit of this nondescript country club. Okay, like a dirty glass or a clean glass? It was a clean glass. Supposedly. Supposedly. But when I picked it up and whatnot else, I ended up cutting myself. No big deal. Wrapped it up. Of course, you know, you cut yourself on glass, Mm -hmm. as one does every once in a while. And, however, uh, you know, halfway through, I took it off because the Band-Aid, it was on my hand. The Band-Aid's not going to hold forever. And it seemed like it had gotten up. But eventually, I'm not sure if I uh, recut it or just what, but at some point, it started bleeding again. Ooh, yikes. A couple days later, I got extremely violently ill and went into the hospital. Yeah, you got uh, you were poisoned. You've got some mold in you. Oh, great. Maybe someone sprinkled mold in your... Maybe your parents sprinkled mold in your cereal because they don't actually love you. Uh, no, there was a <laughs> hell of a lot of black mold in that place. Yeah. I spent, mon- I spent months warning them. Uh... Don't you, you can't talk to the other dish guys. This is disgusting. If we get if health inspector comes in, that's an automatic fail. See, you should. That's when you should have called the health inspector. Why do you think the health inspector showed up? Let me guess. When you came, by the time you came back, there was no more black mold. Oh no, I got called in. <laughs> they were you like got called in to fix it. They called me in to fix a problem. I ratted them on and. Uh... I make my own economy. To an artificial problem. I make my own economy. Uh, it's like in one of the games. Uh, one of the games I play, Apex Legends, right? Oh, there's yep. a special mode. You know, it's like a battle royale. Mm. So there's like there's a ring outside. It shrinks and shrinks. To yes, yes. It's, it's a battle royale. That's all yeah. you had to say. I'm just explaining for the people in our audience who might not be familiar with video. If games. someone doesn't know what a battle royale is, We've I will personally scalp them. We've touched on so many topics, Thomas. We're probably bringing in even like furries at this point. No, go away, furries. We don't want you here. Thomas is grabbing his shotgun as we speak. I will hunt you down, and I will put so many rounds into your ass, you won't be yiffing, you'll be hucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, anyway, so where was I? Right. So, you know, standard standard fare of Battle Royale is that there's a map that you spawn on. And it shrinks and to fight, force people together. You fight teams, last one standing wins, and there's a ring that forces people together, otherwise people will just sit in their buildings and never leave, and you never have matches that go on for like three hours. 
So, which is basically what Arma is, if you think about it. Why would you say something so controversial yet so true? I mean, it's right. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> Anyways, so there's this limited time event where there's little pockets of rings that spawn in the middle of... Mm-hmm. In the middle of the map, like, spawn for a round and then go away, and it's in random locations. It's interesting because it makes you think about where you're moving. So it's kind of like PUBG's, they, like, artillery zones, strikes. Yeah. yeah. It's like that. Um... Although, in this update that they added this limited time mode, they added a, an item called a heat shield, which you can put hmm. up in a ring, and it creates a little spa- safe bubble, which yep. lets you heal faster and revive people faster. And I was playing with a couple of my friends, and I'm like, wow, this heat shield's kind of nice. And, he, and my friend's like, yeah, it's an artificial solution to an artificial, artificial problem. problem. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess, you know, you're kind of right. To quote Zeus from Fixing It With Zeus, I make my own economy. <laughs> There's a hole in the roof. It's like, um... I bet, you know, you know the thing in Flint, Michigan with the water? Yo, I bet that was oh. caused by bottled water companies. No. Yeah, it but wasn't. how crazy would it be if it was? Because if it was the bottled water companies doing it so that people would be forced to buy bottled water, creating it was, their own market. It was the municipal government wanting well, cheaper it's not, water. It's not just the municipal, it's the state government too. Oh, it might have been. But the government, whatever body, decided to switch from the New York runoff to the Flint taps. Well, the Flint taps were made out of uh, lead, which isn't actually all that bad. I mean, it sounds properly. bad, but as long as you, you know, keep your scale in check and everything else. However, they didn't. And when they started noticing things weren't going correctly because like the pipes the, weren't... Like when their kids started growing a third hand. Well, no, more so when <laughs> their uh, pipes, or sorry, when their water begin to get discolored, they decided to treat it, making the water more acidic, which took off more scale, which made the water worse, which they treated by making the water more acidic. And so you just keep... It's a positive feedback loop. It's like, you're making the problem worse by trying to fix the problem. So, it's like, oh, what what is it? It's like, the concept of government spending. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's like, for example, um, welfare. It's like, oh, we're spending so much on welfare. There's so many people that are having this problem. Let's spend more money. Mm -hmm. So, you spend more money. The problem's still there. It's not that... It can't be that the government didn't solve the problem. It's that you didn't spend enough money. Yeah. So, you gotta spend more money. Anyways, the reason I bring up... Um, Flint, or well, no, I was the reason I brought up the ice cream store. Wow, oh. talk about talk about a tangent, right? The reason I bring up the ice cream store in reference to like minimum wage stuff is small businesses because I want to touch on that really quickly. Um, small businesses are the backbone of every are the are the backbone of every economy. Like to use a further previous example, look at New York City, look mm-hmm. at Toronto. Like so many places are small businesses. Mm-hmm. And that they... employ so many people. Like obviously, each each independent individual yeah, business yeah, only yeah, employs yeah, yeah. like on the order of ten to fifteen people. Mm-hmm. But there are so many of them, and it's it keeps the dream alive of anyone can start a business. You know, mm-hmm. like if I wanted to tomorrow, I could find somewhere to rent, find a bank that would give me a loan, and go start like a like an, an ice cream store, or if you wanted, if I wanted to start like a start like a burger joint. A glass-blowing business. Well, you see, uh, Thomas, I was picking things that for which there are actually a market. There is. Home brewers. I could start a brewery. That's another common one. Especially in this area of town. There's so many craft breweries here. Yes. Like, within, like, an hour, there's, like, 30. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But a minimum wage increase would drive, sm- would price small businesses out of the market mm-hmm. and make it so that only big businesses that are already established happen. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some people that make the argument of, oh, well, if you can't afford to pay your workers a minimum wage, you shouldn't start a business. And you know what? There is some merit to that logic. But the problem is, you def- the people who define livable wage 
are not on the same page as us, mm-hmm. or as at least people with our position, yeah. specifically. Well, and it's it's also the whole thing of, well, why, why don't they get the the whole profit-sharing thing? Why does the worker, or the entrepreneur... Oh, yeah. It's because the entrepreneur, whether or not you make us, whether or not you make the sale and make him money, whether or not he makes money at the end of the day, he still pays. Yeah, and he's the one who risks. He's the one who risks his own money. Yep. Doing all the stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's what I think. People who despise businesses don't understand is that mm-hmm. the reason people at the top make money is because they've risked their own capital for it. Except and for like, once you reach the millionaires. Greater risk, greater reward. <laughs> well, Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. Boy, could you imagine? Could you imagine the same people who laughed at people in two thousand eight got on TV and cried? Good, good for them. Go, good yeah. for them? No, is it good for you? You gotta go. Oh, boo, boo. that was sarcastic. Oh, ah. you gotta go sell your Lamborghini to afford your two hundred thousand dollar a month mortgage <laughs> payment. Go cry me a river. God, Some don't really try don't not to sound like Big look. Red. My God. Good Jesus. Yep. Oh boy. How long have we been recording, Thomas? Uh, Almost seven, an hour? 55? 56 now. 56? Alright. Well, thank you for this uh, ramblings of two madmen in the two, basement. Yeah, ramblings of two madmen in the basement. Yes. There's totally not a third person that you can't hear. What are you talking about? Hi, Mr. Mime. We'll leave that to your interpretation. <laughs> uh, Have we gone insane? Have we huffed too much paint? Are we just pulling your leg? Find out next week. On the observation deck. <laughs>